Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Josh, speak to me, man. What's going on? <laughs> um, I'm all right. You know, got my health. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Over my head. Still healthy, still have home housing. Okay, wow. Um, hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show presented by KFC. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me as always, co-host Josh Hart. Josh, uh, sky is falling after the Raptors lose game one to the Boston Celtics by a score of 112 to 94. How did you sleep at night if you were able to get any sleep at all? Um, you know, uh, with a humidifier running, air conditioning, uh, mm-hmm. pretty comfortably, to be honest. At the end of the day, uh, basketball is about the friends we make along the way. And, okay. uh, wow. <laughs> We're already know, here, I'm, huh? I'm excited to have the, the callers call in and complain about Marcus Hall. It was a really terrible game. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God that it happened at like 1 p.m. and we were able to uh, end our night watching Jamal Murray, Kitchener legend. Kitchener? He's from West of Toronto. Absolutely mm-hmm. go off. So, you know, life goes on. There, we uh, live to see another game. Wow. How'd you, right. how'd you go to sleep last night? Were you, uh, you know, out on the out on your front porch, you and your neighbor, smoking through a pack of cigarettes, just no, not yet, not yet. That's, <laughs> that's, that's gonna be next week. But uh, no, uh, what did I do? I mean, I play Pokemon and I want to sleep. Like I don't know, man. I, I live. I literally live like a child. I I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I watch I watch basketball for a living and then I play Pokemon at night. No, I mean I was okay. Like I I, I was honestly, it was a bad performance, but. It, it, I, at least I felt a little bit more encouraged that the Raptors. There's a lot of stuff that is just on the table that they can fix. Um, they did not give their best performance. The Celtics bench players thoroughly out, uh, outperformed the Raptors bench players, which um, shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. I mean, it, it can happen for sure. They they have some real talent, but you know, it, it can happen. On the whole, you expect the Raptors bench to be better. And honestly, in watching back in some of the clips, the Raptors just didn't look that engaged. So. Um, you know, obviously there's circumstances and there's extenuating factors that would lead them to not be engaged. And if you heard any of the post-game comments, um, there's obviously a lot in the minds of the Raptors. Not making yeah. excuses. Obviously, the Celtics yeah. are afflicted as well. But, you know, at the same time, I just didn't feel like the Raptors gave her their best punch. So I expect them to turn it around. I think, on, honestly, a lot of that is just effort stuff. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, they, they, were, they were not playing so running. slow. Yeah, yeah they couldn't the run. That, that yeah. was the thing that looked that looks the weirdest. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't rewatched the game yet. I mean, it's not been 24 hours, but just the lack of pace. Like Fred Van Vliet was not pushing in transition. There's the viral tweet of Marcus all completely disengaged on defense. Um, I mean, those he, are things he that was were... engaged. He was engaged. He just thought uh, <laughs> Steph Curry was at half court or something. He had to run out the contest because that clip was bad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an insane clip. Um, I think yeah, the pace is the thing that looked. Totally uncharacteristically Raptors. We, we will get a lot of calls discussing the blown or the terrible uh, Raptors half-court offense. And mm. we expect those and even Pascal struggles. But the thing that uh, – and those things we've talked about all year long. The pace of play was the number one thing that uh, can't show up in game two. Or this will be a short series. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, let's take those calls. As always, you can call us at 289-778-0918. Um, again – Apologies, we are at home. We are working on a more limited setup because we're not inside the studios due to COVID. And, you know, not to brag, but last week we got about 170 missed calls that we could not get to. Uh, it is, unfortunately, Ashley is just on one phone and, you know, can is doing her very, very best. So if you're not getting through, uh, we promise it's not that we don't love you. It's just that, you know, we physically can't get to it. But our first caller, we do have Will from Hong Kong. My guy, Will, talk to me, man. Is everything okay? What's what, how did you sleep last so, night? So first of all, shout out to producer Ashley, though. Definitely, number Thanks. one, first and foremost here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good afternoon, uh, Mr. Josh Hart. Good afternoon, Mr. William Liu. How are you guys doing, first of all, here today? You know, 
not bad. Doing pretty good. Just caught some legendary, yeah, le- legendary Pokemon, so I feel pretty good, to be honest. On <laughs> yeah. Articuno. Thank you again. Yeah, much appreciated. Thank you for doing this for, uh, for the streets here. But um, yeah, you know what? I, just three words here. Three words. Okay. All right. Wolf. First quarter. Yep. That was bad. Yeah. You you can't you can't lose a whole game in the first quarter, and the Raptors lost the whole game in the first quarter. Yeah, like it felt like a minute in, Boston's in the bonus already. Like, mm-hmm. damn, yeah. right? But it is what it is. You know, that was pretty rough. Raptors did themselves no favors, and I don't know. Like, just one thing to me was, I think it was the end of the third quarter, maybe if I'm not mistaken. I had to forget the game, but the Raps got it down to ten. Mm. Right, yeah. Lyle, Kyle Lowry, I think he got a rebound or he got the ball. He's running down the court, but nobody's really with him. And then yep. he kind of oh, yeah. passed the, pass the back. And then I yeah. Think, yeah, and then it's kind of like he was really in a rush. And you know what? I, well, he was probably their best player, like the man with one mm-hmm. ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Serge stood out to me as guys that were fighting. Um, oh, Serge was fighting all right. Serge, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but what do you guys think about um, I don't know, like the the Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka situation? Like something's got to change there, clearly, right? Like I'm Captain Obvious, so I'm gonna throw that out to you guys. Like, what do you guys think? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, look, I, I think I think the Celtics are just much more athletic than the Raptors at the center spot right now, no doubt. And that's a real issue when you yeah. see the type of blocks that Robert Williams is delivering off the bench. Or even the fact that Daniel Tyson uh, gets Bobby you. Williams. Bobby Williams, baby. Bobby Williams. Yeah, Bobby Williams yeah, definitely yeah. is a retired jersey by the Celtics for his contributions to the 1955 <laughs> Celtic winning team. Probably the leading scorer at 20% shooting uh, while also working as a yeah, fireman during the day. Um, no, but, you know, the, the athleticism there is just a huge difference, right? And the fact that even Daniel Tice got off, yeah. what, 15 rebounds? Like, can you even imagine Marcus All grabbing 15 uh, rebounds at the work, moment? Though. Right, I mean, obviously the Raptors made a lot of missed shots, so yeah. there was a lot of opportunities to rebound. But still, like, yeah. I think you need a little bit more athleticism to run with this team. Mark, in this matchup, even though I thought he did a lot of good things defensively at the rim, right? A lot of the yeah. two big lineups, Mark was decent in those lineups, but... I mean, uh, you just need a little bit more athleticism. And I, I think there is a spot for Boucher to play just in this series. I know it's asking a lot. Yeah. You're, you're telling basically a future Hall of Famer, we're going to need to cut your minutes and play Chris Boucher. But yeah, I think, honestly, you need someone diving hard to the rim, putting pressure on the rim. And Mark does not do that. Serge, yeah. I mean, when he's really engaged, you not can do anymore. that. Not really going to do that for the whole game. So you're going to need someone to be a well, vertical threat or at least, you know what, or even go to Pascal at center and, and put some of your wings around Pascal. You need to be a little bit more athletic as a team. And, and Mark is quite possibly the most unathletic player left in the playoffs right now. What do you think, Josh? Um, I think that after Serge Ibaka hit his first two threes, he thought he was uh, Nikola Jokic and then decided that was the way he was going to play the game and all defensive effort in his second shift was lost. Mm. Um, that was like my, that was really tough to watch because Serge Ibaka looked great and looked like he would be able to help the bench lead um, some productive minutes. And the bench was productive. I also think that was a not great performance from Nick Nurse. Um, cutting Terrence Davis in the second half was like, strange. It inex- was decent. Inexplicable. In the yeah, he was like a plus nine in uh, limited minutes. Fred was really bad yesterday. Um, I would like to see more minutes for TD2 there. Um, I agree with Will yeah. that Chris Boucher <laughs> should maybe see some more minutes. Um, having somebody who's tough on the dive, while you you mm-hmm. need you need pressure at the rim, um, and all this talk about the two big lineup, I think a huge difference between uh, this year's version and last year is having uh, Kawhi Leonard as a shooter in the mid range who is able to um, don't even don't even say his name, man. Execute execute in that limited space. I think that that's a big difference and. I I don't yeah. think the two big lineup was very good yesterday, especially with how badly Marcus was playing. But I don't know. But yeah. it, I mean, it was I a think game. Be though. Yeah, and that's where I, what I was about to say. It was a game to me that was marked first yeah. by uh, I don't want to say indifference, but like a lack of engagement or mm. or awareness yeah. of the Raptors. And this team has proven time and time again that they're. Um, an engaged w- winning culture, and I expect that to come back uh, again tomorrow afternoon or evening. I don't know when the yeah. game's been scheduled. 
Yeah, I know you're right on. Yeah, Serge is really feeling himself, though, uh, with the long time, though. But, <laughs> yes. you know, with everything going on right now, you know, in the world, um, yeah, here's what it is, right? So I yeah. fully expect the rap to come back in two, do their thing, right? And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let it go now. So a shout-out to, to United as well, Donnie Van de Beek. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, relax, man. You guys have no defenders in your midfield now. Congratulations. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Got a lot of callers in the queue here. So, uh, yeah, take care, guys. And uh, shout out to Vitaly, too. Hope he calls in. I'm oh, looking forward to that one. Uh, yeah. All right, later, guys. All right, peace. peace. Thanks, Will. Will, how did the field live the community shield? Does it matter? Does it not matter? Uh, it does not matter. I mean, I mean, it matters in the sense that you want to win these things, but I mean, I don't know. It wasn't that great of a game. I'm happy my boy uh, Takumi Minamino finally scored a, a meaningful yeah. moment um, to at least tie and force the shootout. But yeah, um, you know, I, I don't know. Look, uh, we leave the smaller trophies to places like Arsenal. Congrats on the FA Cup. Congrats on the, the Community Shield. You know, I mean, look, we're we're champions of the uh, the highest regard, champions of England. Uh, I guess no longer champions of Europe, but uh, the previous champions of Europe. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, okay, so, you know, I think, oh, man, poor Mark's going to get a lot of hate here. But, I mean, look, yeah. I just think Mark is, let's be real, Mark is a little more of a matchup player at this point. Yeah. Is this the right matchup for Mark? And you asked that question, and probably not. Um, I'm not saying Mark can't provide. I think Mark is a capable player, and he can provide. But I think what do you need specifically in this matchup? You know, it, it, there's no Nikola Vucevic out there. There's no Joel Embiid out there. You're not even trying to guard Giannis at the rim, which you need Mark to do. Wow. you know, even in the Warriors series, DeMarcus Cousins was out there. And, and Mark was honestly a little bit more limber. They're also trapping really hard in the perimeter so Mark could get inside for some scoring. I don't know. The Celtics aren't doing any of that with Mark. So you might just need to look at the other options. Because, you know, if you got off to a bad start, you might have to look at changing starting five. Do you, and, yeah. I, I still think it's point, a mid-series thing to start surge, but who knows? The other question that I have about the starting lineup is OG was ignored on offense, like as an offensive oh, threat through much of yesterday's game, and he will continue to be so. And I'm not immediately calling for like the like for for Norm Powell to start in place of him, but is how do you fix that? Because I don't. Mm. I think before the playoffs started, I said I worry that OG is not going to find a role as the playoffs get tougher and tougher. Um, what does he do besides picking up? a threat on defense what did he do on the offensive end so it's not you know four on five if mark's playing well or where's three on five like look yesterday i don't think there's anything that he can really do to, to change that specifically it's even if he hits like five threes you're not going to change your defensive coverage yeah. and how you guard og like he's just the last priority like you, you what you want it's kind of what he did last night 12 points four yeah. or six shooting efficient in his role uh, you know, crash the offensive glass, give you some occasional offense. As a fifth option, you're getting 12 points. That's yeah, fine. what more can you want? Right? Just like you're not going to change anything if Daniel Tice has a couple of shots and he has 13 points. Like, okay, cool. But, you know, you're not going to change anything fundamentally. I don't think they're going to change anything fundamentally. I think OG did well defensively. I thought he, he had a lot of shifts on Jalen Brown because Pascal was uh, in foul trouble and Jalen Brown didn't shoot the ball that efficiently. I thought OG did a good job contesting. OG had some possessions on Jason Tatum as well. Not as good, but still pretty good. So... I think OG's fine defensively. It's just, yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. He's not. I don't think he's as big of a problem as as, as Marcus right now. Let's take our second call. We uh, have Paul from Oakville uh, to discuss uh, Athletic Center. I hope he's not calling to speak about the YMCA on Rebecca Ave. Uh, Paul, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> You know, 
I, I, I wouldn't hate seeing Chris Boucher for our shift, you know, just, just for a little bit. Like, yeah, and if they're going to play two center, I think Boucher can play power forward a little bit. I mean, I just think – and I'm not expecting, like, Chris Boucher to turn this series. I mean, it's only game one. Like, you know, I, I think the key guys you need to turn this series are the fact that Fred shot three of 16 and Pascal was five of 16. You can't have those guys shoot the way they do. Uh, even though defensively, you know, the centers could be a little bit more athletic or whatever. But I, I do think that Boucher can do some stuff in this series. And I don't know, man. I just – what are we expecting from Mark? It's not like we're, Mark's going to come back the next game, really rejuvenated, drop 20 on the Celtics and be a winner. I mean, if he does, I, I would be happy. I'd be very, very happy to, you know, say I was wrong. But he hasn't scored 20, like, all season. And I'm not saying you need Mark to score that much either. But, yeah, I, I just – it's just he's he's just looking mad slow out there. I don't know what else to say. Um, does it? All does right, it... <laughs> you're, you're gonna drop off the call. <laughs> All right. All right, Paul. Appreciate All it, right, man. Paul. I hope you feel better, appreciate man. You. I don't know why you said athletic center. I, I was very confused <laughs> about this topic, but yeah, appreciate um, it, man. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, peace. Uh, Will, why didn't uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson get much playing time yesterday? Because uh, we were scoring like 0. 0.0 points so, per possession, off- bro. What are you but, talking about? I don't know. There's something like – there's something about the, his best moments that I would have loved to see in yesterday's game. Just a guy who would be sort of tough on the glass, um, you know, even if he missed the – I, I like your, your challenge that an offensive rebound shouldn't count as a statistic if you blow the layup or the putback. Mm. Um, I think it's a good point. Yes. Um, but even that kind of energy, it just was, like, brutal. It, the Raptors were so slow, so uh, disengaged. Um, and having a guy like Rondé who, for nothing, you know, if he provides nothing else, he brings some enthusiasm off the bench. Um, yeah, I mean – I, I just think this: the Raptors are going to have a hard enough time scoring anyway. That uh, yeah. you're going to you're going to need your your like actual offensive threats out there. With all due respect right. to Rondé, but I mean, you know, I also think that look to the point with Boucher. The part of the reason why we're thirsty for Boucher is because the rest of the starters didn't play with that much energy. All of these other guys can play with more energy and more urgency. Like, and that's ultimately what's going to determine things. It's not like you play Boucher a lot and that's going to swing the series. I think really you need your best player to play better. You need Pascal to you know, not look as lifeless as he did. You need Fred to, like, make some actual threes. You know, I don't know what you can do necessarily about Mark being more energetic. Maybe, you know, um, yeah, don't play as much at half court uh, defensively. And, you know, even for Kyle, like, I thought Kyle showed a great burst, but, you know, Kyle sometimes can bring that energy for the whole game. And maybe it's unreasonable to expect him in this circumstance and also with the ankle injury, but. Yeah, now, best thinking about it better, now, period. don't you think the Raptors are going to have like an unbelievable first quarter tomorrow? And or, I hope so. It, it I se- hope that so. seems like the way they, like Kyle Lowry is going to come out engaged, hit one of his you know signature pull up threes, mm-hmm. and then we'll be like, okay, it'll be fine. And then by the third quarter, the Raptors will have given up a fifteen point lead, Bro, um, oh, man. or no, they'll have like given up their fifteen point lead. It'll mm-hmm. be close, and then we'll go down the stretch as we always do with this team. I mean, but, it sounds. Like, it seems like you're an experienced Raptors viewer who's watched a lot of Game One losses, <laughs> only to be followed with a really ugly, but ultimately a win in Game Two. So, yeah, that's what I'm that's, expecting. That definitely <laughs> seems like what we have on our hands. Remember the um, what was it? The uh, Buck series in Round One, mm-hmm. 2017, 2016, yep. when uh, we got like absolutely embarrassed in Game One, and then had a like Buddy, me- <laughs> you and I in the rain with Joe Wolf on. Yeah, hearing Leafs fans chant change the channel at halftime to see that to see their loss to I don't know who the, the Phoenix know, the Red Coyotes or, or whatever. Yeah, so, some some random team and uh, Matthew Dellavedova was outscoring Kyle Lowry. Like, yeah, I remember that yeah. vividly, Josh. I remember yeah. that very vividly. <laughs> that game, this this game kind of had that sucked. feel. Like you yeah, make it did have it's that like feel. Yeah. this series will have a like Norm Powell game esque moment. I'm not sure if it'll necessarily be Norm Powell, but it'll be a guy who like has yeah. one of their best quarters and the Raptors win the game. Remember the yeah. stupid DeMar Boucher Carroll game guy. where he scored Boucher six? is that guy, by the way. The energy, yeah, the youth, true. the athleticism you need. Yeah. The, the guys that usually explode off the bench randomly are usually those that type. Yeah. And um, We have our next caller, uh, Kate from Toronto. Uh, discuss first-round exits. Kate, you're on the air. Hey, guys. Hey, Kate. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Hi, how are you? Doing all right. I think we could be better, but 
you know. Good, good. I'm, um, look, look, I'm getting really excited for the first round to start tomorrow. Mm. Or the second round to start tomorrow. Right, um, yes. I'm really excited about uh, uh, the, you know, kind of first games of these series mm-hmm. coming out and just, you know, th- sort of showing Boston um, what's what. But, I, you know, I just wanted to, at this point in time, you know, before we get into, you know, kind of the second round and before we start to uh, see how some of those shape up, match up those shaping up, uh, just sort of talk a little bit about the first round exits that uh, that we saw. Yeah, of course. I think there's a lot of interesting teams, you know, just sort of a lot of interesting stuff to come out of um, out of some of these teams this year. First of all, I want to start off with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm. Um, it felt like a million years ago. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. It's, it's about a whole lifetime ago. Um, just wanted to take this point in time to point to point out what would have happened if the Philadelphia 76ers literally did nothing but retain their guys after draft night on in 2018. This is a tweet that I saw, and I, I couldn't believe the assets that they had uh, after draft night in 2018. Um, if they had done nothing but just retain everything, what mm-hmm. they would have right now. They'd have Embiid, Simmons, JJ, Covington. Yep. Bridges, Shamit, Shake, Dario Saric, Kirkland Korkmaz, Holmes, TLC. <laughs> he, he was decent Fultz, for a game, yeah. And I know, at Fultz, and $18 million in unused cap space, mm. including Matisse Seibel, and then Matisse Seibel again. That's, that's a full-on, like, that's a team that could go to the Eastern Conference Finals right there. You know, I actually still think that this the 76ers – as they were constructed, could have made the Eastern Conference Finals. But Brown was a really, really bad coach. And they did not have an identity. Yes, the injuries were bad. But, like, looking at the roster they had, it's not, it's not impossible to be competitive with that team. They just – what was their system? Like, what, what pieces of their offense could anyone identify? Um, but I agree. Yeah, they had a lot of – they had a poor chest. Um, shout out to the process. But – they never had a system. Like they, I think the last time that it's I saw them, unbelievable. yeah, they just don't have an offensive identity. And I, I imagine that has to be the work of whatever uh, coaching candidates they have is what do you do with this? You know, I like Shake Milton. I think that having Shake Milton and Matisse Stiebel on the wing is going to, is like a decent pairing for the future. What is the offense? How do you put together? Um, yeah. Ahead, I mean, you, you go back even further. What if they just didn't trade up to the number one pick to get Fultz and instead stayed at three and drafted uh, Jason Tatum? And can you imagine Jason Tatum with that team? Wow. Like, wow. You, forget all the other pieces. No, Tatum, terrifying. Simmons, and Embiid? That's yeah. a dynasty right oh. there. So, Well, I mean, ask Oklahoma City, but yes, I agree. No, that, no that's better than OKC's, man. Come on. But if you have a coach who does not have a plan, like Oklahoma City, you end up with all of this crazy talent but nowhere to go. Yeah, anyway. you're right. And then Al Horford is essentially Kendrick Parkinson's situation. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it just some, it, some interesting storylines to kind of pay attention to next year um, coming out of that first round. Obviously, the I think the Nets, just looking at where things came from, from the series with Toronto, really not recognizing anything but except for two names. Mm. That is a stacked theme that um, – I mean, they're going to be pretty. They're going to be pretty scary. They can either trade up for for another for, for another player with some of those nice young pieces that they have, um, or even if they just maintain the same roster and add KD and Kyrie, it could. Uh, that that's going to be a, a terrifying team for years to come. Um, yeah, and really liking what I saw with Luca uh, yep. giving uh, giving our boy Kawhi a run for his money. Actually, I mean, you know what though, um, we shouldn't be surprised by this because when we watched Kawhi versus the Mavericks last year. Luca had like a triple double on the Raptors. Yeah, that one game. Yeah, uh, and then whatever. He really, he really brings out his best. He brings out his best showings against these superstar players, man. Yeah. Like the 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 best games in the regular season were him versus LeBron. Like, yeah. Some yep. of those games were amazing. Or, um, yeah, or him versus Giannis yeah, so, in the I bubble. Mean, that's all I had. <laughs> What's that? Or or him versus Giannis in the oh, bubble yeah, where he had yeah, like twenty true. assists. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Good. Yeah. Amazing game. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing I was just uh, going to say coming into the first round was that um, 
I think we've really, I think, I think next year for Portland could be, could be their year. I think they looked really good mm. with all their, all their pieces healthy for a full year. I think they could be, uh, I think they could be in for a good year. So anyway, that's really all the takeaways I have for round one, really looking forward to round two. Um, and I uh, can't wait to talk about that uh, with you guys uh, next week. Yeah, no, I can't wait for Raptors to uh, blow out the Celtics in game one. Uh, maybe by a score of 112 to 94. That'd be ideal. Oh my God, that would be so embarrassing for uh, the Celtics. I can't wait. The slider pot afterwards would have been incredible. All right, Kate, thanks uh, for calling yeah. in. Yeah, get, a, get us out on the pod. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Uh, we didn't mention the biggest first round exit, uh, Marcus Morris's reputation. Uh, it's over. Oh, bro, there's... come on, man. This man's <laughs> reputation went out the window when he bonked Justin Anderson on the head with a basketball. <laughs> that was at least a little bit of music. Um, uh, it was amusing only to see Justin Anderson's face from being like shocked at first to being like angry, but there was like a full like two seconds of like, why did you do that to me? To like, yo, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm coming after you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Man, that was pretty good. Um, uh, from the YouTube chat, uh, Freddie asked or says. Nurse got smacked by Stevens. We beat Philly last year, even though Brown dictated the style of play. Can we beat the Celtics if Stevens dictates how we play? I hate Brad Stevens, by the way. Um, hmm. um, I don't know if they dictated how we how the Raptors played. I think the Sixers were just – they had a lot of pieces that dictated how they played. I don't think it was like a – like Stevens. Brett Brown was yeah, like, Brett did, did anything necessarily um, – if anything, I think the key adjustment in that series was the fact that the Raptors went to the two-center lineup when they mm-hmm. did in game four, and it basically rescued the season. And, of course, having yeah. Kawhi. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say Nurse lost that one. Um, it was close, but I think we should just acknowledge that Philly was really damn good last year. Uh, and it's- then in this series, I mean, I don't know. It's weird because I think the two coaches want to play the same style. Yeah. Like aggressive on defense. Um you know, flying out, there are a lot of switching and then getting on transition. It's just, you know, uh, I think the Celtics just played with way more energy in game one. I know, I know that's like hard to like say. It's like you can't really write a story around the Celtics were more energetic. You can't really rationalize that away. But I don't know. You watch enough basketball, you can tell. Like Raptors didn't play their best basketball yesterday. No. And of course, it's worrying because the Raptors didn't play their best basketball uh, in the seeding game. And of course, they've, you know, they were one and three against the Celtics overall in the season before the playoffs. So you might look at it as a bigger trend. And I'm sure there is a bigger trend. But I also just think that, you know, I mean, Raps can play a lot better. I don't know, man. It wasn't like the Celtics, like, they're not that, they're not this dominant. I, I refuse to believe that. I, I agree. You know, you know. um, with that, we have our next caller. But you can call in yourself at 289-778-0918. Uh, but for now, we have Tony from Brampton on the line. Tony, welcome to the show. Ah, okay. So, hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, well, this is, this is Tony from Brampton, uh, second time calling in. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to just, to be honest, I'm trying not to stress out or freak out over how badly I felt witnessing what happened yesterday. Uh, and I guess my question is, at what point do we? light up a stressful cigarette for Pascal's troubles facing Boston? Uh, I mean, first off, you already, you already sounded a little bit pressed. Like, if we're going to be honest with you, Tony, you already sounded a little bit pressed. I feel like you, you could probably, you could probably already go ahead for that I'm a parent. I'm a parent. Oh, okay, okay. I'm a parent, that's, that's so a, that's this, a different this happens stress. all the time. This is my voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Well, I've been here in the background. <laughs> I mean, look, I think with Pascal, you, you do need to do some things in terms of just, like, getting him involved in different looks, right? Like, he, yesterday, all he did was get into the post. That's it. Yeah. He, he posted it maybe, like, eight times. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. But at the same time, like, you know, like, where are the pick and rolls involving Pascal where, where, where he handles the ball or, like, where um, where he's setting the screen and rolling to the basket or, uh, you know, where Pascal is – I don't know, I mean, getting on transition once in a while, you know, like, okay, the pick, the, the catch and shoot threes weren't going for him. He, he ditched that. I hope he doesn't ditch that going forward because you, you do need to shoot those shots. You need to, I mean, you know, you just need a, 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 you need more variety. I thought the best game Pascal played offensively in the bubble was against Memphis. And it, it wasn't even necessarily that it was a great matchup. It was just they got Pascal in all these different scenarios. They used him in all these different ways. 
And it seemed like the Raptors didn't have a clue as to how to get Pascal a shot other than getting him in the post, which isn't that efficient overall, let's be honest. The post yeah. is just not an efficient way to play basketball in the modern league. I think you can do it if you can draw doubles and pass out of it and shoot threes. But, you know, um, I think Pascal is more skilled than he's shown right now. And it, it looks right now like Pascal's afraid to do anything involving skill. And that's a problem. And, and and I agree. And and honestly, my main thing about that is there's this perception of Pascal in the league that he might be a one, maybe two trick pony. Mm. And everybody is looking at that and looking at this game that just happened and saying, well, we told you. Yep. And I think that's getting to him. Mm-hmm. And I really think he, he needs to shut it all out and kind of focus on himself. But also get like pumped up for the game. I like like you guys have said, mm-hmm. they just weren't they weren't there. They weren't checked in, and I don't know what needs to happen for that to happen for for them to at least g themselves up for this game. But I mean, we have to trust the coach God Nick Nurse and, and see what he can do. To be honest, yep. I mean, you can't lose the faith after one game, man. Come on. Yeah, you know? you've you've been a long time Raptors no, fan. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm oh, talking like, the fan base. Yeah, yeah, the fan base. Come on, man. We all saw a game oh, okay. two no, against no, Milwaukee, no, and then, you know, Kawhi had to remind us what happens next as we go back to Toronto. Yeah, I, I need, <laughs> I need, I need Pascal to say we're uh, we're going back to uh, the Grand Destino. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Where do you go from here? You know, hotel rooms uh, on the seventeenth like, floor. We're going back to the field house for game, game three. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what we need to see happen, and I will. Yeah. The, all, all, like. Hopefully, uh, Brad Stevens decides to play Canterson and we get some uh, easy offense going tomorrow, uh, tomorrow afternoon. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. All right, Tony. Say hi to your kid, and uh, we'll be in touch again soon. All right. All right. All right. That, was, hope, uh, that, was nice. hope, that was nice, man. I mean, that's, I think that's the first baby that's been on the show. Um, I hope Tony gets the, uh, the Fred Van Leet Senior bounce. You know, in whatever he's doing in life, like just get that finals MVP baby bounce. Because I don't know. Um, the players, okay. are, by the way, the players are getting to see their families and stuff today. That's that's fantastic. I know that sounds really Wait, dark. What? They? Well, I mean, on the rap, yeah, the second round, oh. you get to invite guests. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Oh yeah. If they cancel Man. practice, we know why. <laughs> they're, they're at they're at Disney World. Come on, they're at, they're they're at Disney at, World. They're, at Taking, Dis- they're, you know. they're playing cornhole. They're all on Splash Mountain. We get it, Will. <laughs> all, right, all right, relax. All right. Um, no, but I actually, no. I, I, the fact that the Raptors have been away from the world for that long, to even get a little bit of the world back for them, especially in this time, is is great. I'm just personally happy for them right now. Because imagine, like, you know, what, what Raps went down, like, June? Yeah. Like, bro, bro, tomorrow yeah, is September. Tomorrow yeah. is September, man. So. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. I'm happy for the players. Um, um, let's see if we have any uh, questions in the YouTube chat. Um, what needs to happen uh, is realize you're defending a championship and start playing like it. Bring the energy next game and stop playing scared and lethargic. Yeah, I, I agree. It sounds like everybody is actually taking this loss surprisingly well. Um, I'd like to I remind mean, you all that the Raptors have won one game against the Celtics this year. Um, but and we don't, you know. and we had Pat McCobb. We needed Pat McCobb. Pat, you know, honestly, look, we need to say a collective mea culpa for, for Pat McCobb, okay? Because his length, his defense, his energy, his unselfishness I mean, we could use some of that right now. Are we at this point? Are you, are you with uh, me? The fact that he had like 18, 7, and 8? I, I like Pat McCobb. I think he's like a, like a team player. Um, he's and he, definitely a team player. He's like he's the like, same team kind of team player as Marcus Allos, except Mark is bigger and he can be more prominent and be more effective. But yeah, like Pamukka just understands the um, what the what the organization wants to see on the court and goes out and executes. It's it's good. Um, we have another caller, uh, Daniel from Toronto. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hi, happy to be here, guys. Oh, um, what's going on? Oh, wait. Dan, yeah, like is, da- <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, yeah, well, it, it's weird that this is a Reynolds. Daniel Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's going on? I guess yeah. I should just I should go by the what the singular last name and just be that's that's that should just be it like like Prince or something. I was gonna say what? what, what, what yeah, okay. All right, buddy. <laughs> okay. Very you're, sure. you're, you're, you're already on thin ice. Like, <laughs> this guy compared himself to Prince. Get out of here, man. 
All right. Uh, what's up, Reynolds? Uh, first off, actually, what do people call you? Do people do other people call you Reynolds or do they call you Daniel? I feel like there's more Reynolds. Yeah, when Reynolds you becomes the main. I mean, well, I work. Everyone calls me Daniel. That's what I try yeah. to maintain. But Reynolds becomes the very common, uh, you know, thing. As you see, it just kind of naturally comes out that way eventually over time. Mostly because people gradually get more and more annoyed with me, and eventually it just becomes Reynolds like that. You know? All right, fair enough. So. Fair enough. I also um, I'm yeah. real concerned that you didn't put uh, Rex still as your location. It's come on, man. Yeah, what what is on with well, that? Well, I, I look, I can't, I can't misrepresent. I'm not in Rex right now. I was there last night visiting my parents, but I, I'm not there right Why now. Why can't you say Rex still? Right, you're still in my Rex condo, wondering what's going. On. Bro, all right, this man putting that. <laughs> that's true. You're right. I thought that. I thought that. I thought that. Yeah, I should. Yeah. All right, Reynolds. What's going on, man? How are you feeling? Well, you know, it's not great. Obviously, uh, I think I think I don't know how much of this you guys have already covered, but game one was obviously a little bit frustrating in that it felt like all the worst case scenarios for the Raptors kind of played out. Boston seemed to have their have their number a little bit on defense. The Raptors looked a little shaken for various reasons, and they and they weren't hitting their their shots. And we just had a, po- a piece go up on Raptors HQ that talked about the fact that they had all these open shots that you know ordinarily they'd make, mm-hmm. and they missed them obviously. And you could sort of say, well, that's one game. What are you going to do? But, you know, as other people have been pointing out, it feels like the last few Raptors losses, bad Raptors losses, have come at the hands of the Celtics. So what are we to make of all this together? Uh, I'm putting that to you guys. What are we – Okay. I, I would say some actual tangible things are like the Celtics defensively, because they switch so much at the top of the floor and they usually keep yeah. long wing defenders at the top of the floor, it's just hard to go downhill. Mm-hmm. Raptors are not getting anything out of pick and roll right now. They're also not getting anything out of pick and roll right, because yeah. – uh, you have Mark in that pick and roll, and he's not going to ever score in that pick and roll. So that's a, that's an issue. And Serge really yeah. hasn't done much scoring of his own either. He's, it's been more like the, the assorted kind of stuff, like you know, yeah. running the running the fast break, getting yeah. a rebound, catching and shooting an open three. Um, so the, the switching is bad. I think you know for Mark because the Raptors run a lot of the plays where Mark's holding the ball, people are cutting off the ball. If you're switching stuff, you're not going to get any advantages. So there's not really that kind of stuff to go around. And then it's a lot of one-on-one play, and I feel like Pascal one-on-one Which against Jalen Brown. They're not going to win. They're not going to win a lot of one-on-one. So I think what you need to yeah, do is, yeah. most importantly, keep more offensive threats on the floor. If you're going to yeah. play pick and roll, you need two guys that yeah. are willing to shoot the ball and yeah. play, so play, play, play faster. Because their is defense is actually okay. Their defense is okay. Like, I don't think yeah, it's terrible. Even, there, even Tatum made some tough shots. Well, you, you can live with 21 points from yeah. Tatum on 18 attempts. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, I guess the question then is: is is it is it clear they just have to they go away from Gasol? Like, I don't want to trash talk Gasol because I feel like I made this point yesterday that like, yeah, we were ready to throw Gasol out of the boat uh, after after that Bucks game, game two, where he just looked totally lost, and then he played very well the rest of that series, and I felt yeah. like he had a place to play even again, even against the Warriors when the team started going smaller, he was still very useful. I feel like it is the solution here to try and figure out to pick your spots with Gasol. Or to sort of go away from it completely and go even smaller, get Siakam at the five, etc. Uh, I mean, I, I think you, you have to look at more matchups. Well, I don't think Gasol right now, in, at the yeah. way he is at the moment, he's not an all matchups kind of guy, especially deep in, deeper into the playoffs. I think we just have to yeah, accept yeah. that you know you might need some athleticism in this matchup where the Celtics are just yeah pretty athletic across the board. Period. Like, who are they playing right now that's not uh, athletic? Yeah. You know, not a single guy. Every single guy That's comes true. in, and they're That's young true. and they're athletic, and they're, they can defend. So um, it just feels like it just feels like it just. You're right. It just feels like Gasol has a place. I, I hate to just give up on the guy because it feels like he has a place, and I feel like the same thing happened last year, mm-hmm. where it just like it felt like we were like, "Oh, I got to get rid of this guy. Just he's, he's he can't cut it anymore as the game gets faster." But then he does find a gear or f- find a way mm-hmm. to make a make an impact. So I'm not really necessarily ready to throw it all on him. That's all I would say. Yeah. I mean, look. But but your other point about your other point about the offense right now being kind of stuck is true, and I and I think that that's where they got to get maybe a little more creative in terms of who their lineups and who they're who they're using in the pick and roll to get to generate more to more more downhill action and more looks. That basically seems like and yeah, if you could hit a three or two, a three that'd yeah. be nice. So the thing, I don't even want Mark to necessarily roll the basket as much because like they're the paint is already yeah, pretty clogged. Yeah. Just get out there, and mm-hmm. when the ball comes to you, shoot that ball. I don't care if you shoot over seven. Shoot, like, shoot it. Shoot the ball. Yeah. Man. No more of this hot potato stuff. Like they, you can't, you can't survive they, it against a good defense like the Celtics. Yeah, 
Yeah. And the Raptors definitely looked tentative. It did. It definitely looked like they were tentative. Like, like Gasol passed up a couple of looks, and it felt like I don't know. Like, like Fred, confident, you know, confident three point shooter, mm-hmm. just didn't like. Even though he took a bunch, none of them. It didn't feel. It didn't feel the same. And now, granted, you could say obviously Boston's a much better defensive team than the Nets were. Oh, but he didn't. Close. He didn't really have his his mojo working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I still don't think that there's a place for Marcus All that he can uh, revitalize his offense. I was was looking back at uh, his game logs during the Eastern Conference Finals. He never took more than six shots from three in that series. And if he's not Mm -hmm. rolling, he's Mm -hmm. that volume is going to have to go up. And I don't, I don't think he's going to do it. I'm not sure that there is a. He's not even short rolling. That's the thing. Like even if you roll to catch the ball and then pass, he's not even doing that. He's just standing there. Yeah. So you know, and that's and what's funny is in, in, with Gasol, it's like that's what we that's what you expect. Like you, you, everyone's talking about his passing ability. It's like okay, short roll, pass to the corner. Like I mean, let's make this happen. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think maybe they sag off him enough that it, that that the, the plays aren't there for him. But yeah, if you're not getting anything from him, I mean, Serge will shoot, Ibaka will shoot the three. So I mean, uh, maybe they go to him more. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Reynolds <laughs> man. Uh, are you feeling okay? You feeling good? Like otherwise, are you? Do you keep the beard? Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, do you keep the beard? The, the beard is the beard is not TV ready right now, but I, but oh, yet it's it's it no. just keeps going. This guy it came. To, keeps this, going. Guy, this guy came to my house dressed like Fidel Castro, man. <laughs> uh, Reynolds, before you I mean, it's, oh go ahead. No, 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 that's it. I was going to say it's true. What were you going to say, what were you gonna say uh, Josh? Before you go, I. I and watching the game of the weekend, the big news of the weekend was the passing of uh, Chadwick Boseman. Um, many of your mm-hmm. followers understand you as being a fil- big film buff. Um, if you want to take a few minutes to sort of pay respects and any uh, big thoughts that you've had um, throughout the weekend, the passing of someone who I expected well, to yeah. be watching on film for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll echo what other people said about, about Boseman. It, it, felt, it, does, it did very much feel like he was just getting started. Like yeah. uh, to me, he sort of uh, setting aside Black Panther, uh, which which obviously is a, that's a big that's a big uh, thing right there, part of his legacy. It felt like he had sort of emerged almost out of nowhere. Where mm-hmm. if you look at his if you look at his filmography, it's like a lot of different things here and there, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of uh, three sort of biopics: one, two, three, uh, Marshall, uh, um, Get On Up, the James Brown biopic, and then of course Forty Two, playing Jackie Robinson. And 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 other, again, as other people have noticed, there was a great piece that Richard Brody wrote in the New Yorker about this. About the acting he did was very uh, unflashy, but very mm-hmm. solid. And by sort of turning away from these kind of actorly tricks where you're trying to draw attention to yourself, he ends up radiating the qualities of the people he was portraying. Mm-hmm. And so he stands out by sort of not standing out. Mm-hmm. And 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 to be honest with you, that's how that's how it was that carried on in Black Panther, where he's playing a fictional character. Mm-hmm. But there's all this, you know, it's obviously a Marvel movie. There's lots of loud stuff going on around, lots of big performances. Michael B. Jordan is great in that movie, and obviously there's big action, a lot of fighting, all this other stuff. But you keep coming back to the solid presence at the film center, and you really believe on the journey that Bozeman is going on, even when he's cast in these wide, you know, CGI created backdrops. You really believe in him as that figure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's sad that I think it was a fitting sort of uh, final performance in, in Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, where he is like the, the personification of like black liberation and, and black radicalism, explaining to the characters in the film and to us, like what that means and what they're fighting for and, and, and how to achieve it. And, uh, you know, you saw people on social media sharing an image from that film of him sort of in full sort of uh, military regalia in sort of the, in a jungle setting uh, in, you know, Vietnam and just sort of the power of this image of this man sort of, sort of saying, this is, you know, we're, we're out here, we're fighting. Uh, and I think it's very powerful. And, and yeah, ultimately it's sad that, you know, that's it, that we didn't really know he was, that he was suffering. Uh, yeah. And, and that's it. And, and that it's, it's, it's just a heartbreaking loss. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. Um, well, all right, Reynolds. I'll let you go. Appreciate it. All right. Stay Thanks good. for having me, guys. All right. Better luck for game two. All right. Catch you in the next bike ride, buddy. Bye. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Bye. Yeah. No, that was that was that was just really devastating news to hear. Yeah. Um, 
quite remar- like yeah like unbelievable it hit me uh, it hit me super hard not that i wasn't yeah. expecting something like that to be serious but i don't know i think sometimes things just catch you off guard and it felt a little bit like you do i mean it's weird to compare because i don't think it's anything similar in terms of their careers but in terms of the vibe of how it felt it felt a lot like when mac miller died hmm Hmm. No, just like everyone's just like so bummed because there was like a really warm spirit that we had lost as a world. And it was just hard to come to grips with that. I mean, it's always hard to come to grips with the fact that we we have people losing their lives so young due to a variety of reasons. But um, yeah, it was just so, it hit me really hard. And, you know, but I mean, at least, you know, he's, I mean, wherever he is right now, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. I'm sure he was suffering a lot. So yeah. That he cancer showed a lot of courage to, to, is a, to do what he did. Yeah. Cancer is horrible. You know, and it's affected, you know, lives around nearly everyone I know. And mm-hmm. um, it's tragic to see him pass. And I think the thing that I've taken away is that, yeah, there's a real triumphant spirit about, you know, putting in hard work, um, believing in your um, vocational careers, being a part of the story that you tell with your life and mm-hmm. ensuring that the choices you make um, to pay the bills reflect your goals broadly. And that's something that I, I, I hope to have taken from him to guide, you know, the steps that I have for the rest of my uh, working and the rest of my life here on earth. Uh, anywho, uh, let's get, we'll talk about basketball for a few more minutes. Um, you can call in at 289-778-0918. Um, but right now we have Samir on from Toronto on the line. Samir, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's, up? what's going on, guys? Yo, are you on the Are you on the QEW again? <laughs> nah, I'm at uh, Don Mills and uh, what is this? Uh, Overly, basically Eglinton and Don Mills. Okay, word. Sweet. All right. Uh, what's, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what's going uh, on, man? just chilling, man. Um, so my question's about adjustments. Um, I don't like overreacting to one game. You know, some people like if we won and people would have been like, oh, wraps in three, and then if we lose, we, we're getting swept, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, I, I don't subscribe to that. But anyway, so my question is, do you guys think that the Raps should uh, start at Baca? Because I just think Gasol being out there, Tice is just cheating off of him, right? And mm-hmm. so if they started Baca, that pick and pop is just deadly. Like if Baca's on, it's you know what I mean? So what do you guys think about that? I mean, you need someone who can score, right? I mean, at least Serge can score. That's the thing. I, I think you do risk, like, if you take Mark out, I think the rim is a little bit more open. I don't think Serge is as good defensively as Mark. Um, and yeah. I don't think as dedicated, maybe, to the defensive end because I think, you know, he's got to split his energy with scoring, whereas Mark literally never scores. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, look at it, man. The Raptors in the half court last, last night scored 73.8 points per 100 possessions. <laughs> In the half court, all right? The Celtics, wow. Celtics defense, offensively, they weren't even that great, right? I think, you know, they turned the ball over a lot. They shot a lot of threes, and they made a lot of threes, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, offensively, you just got to do better. And, look, I mean, it's not only on Mark to do better offensively. Again, when you have Pascal and Fred shooting a combined eight for 32, that's the yeah. problem offensively. So, wait, but you, what? Was what, what? like this was like the fifth worst Raptors three point shooting like performance of the season, and I don't think that's the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But and I and I agree with Will, and I'm sure he's about to say it. Uh, making a change in the starting lineup and removing a guy with the experience, pedigree, and role of Marcus Hill is a little rash. Um. But yeah, like, yeah. I I do think that you can say the Raptors had a very bad three point uh, shooting performance, and the Celtics had a pretty good one. Um, and that doesn't determine the whole game, but it's a lot closer, and you're not fighting out of this big hole uh, to do so. I'm actually curious to see what the Celtics shot from three in the first quarter. Um, but I interrupted Will. No, I mean, I think also if you – I don't think you do it for game two, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind if they did it for game two. I just think that you can't get out to these yeah. bad starts, man. And you've gotten off to two incredibly bad starts in this game and in That's the first game. That That's my concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the concern. Like, I don't think putting Ibaka is a panic move. I just think it's a matchup move. It's yeah. like, we, like you just said, I agree 100%. You, we can't get off to a bad start. You know, and like, I, look, Marcus is great. Great defender, great leader, great passer and everything. I'm not trying to, yeah, you know, course, disparage him. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, look at the last game. Tyke and Robert Williams, 
I think they combined for 20 something points and 20 rebounds. Like, come on, like that can't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. No, absolutely. So, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And if, thing I was gonna ask? if you're going to oh, play two center uh, lineups, yeah, too, like, if you're going to play two center lineups, too, I think you can do something where you change up the rotation where if Serge starts, then you bring in Mark, maybe like as one of the first subs, uh, you play a little bit of two center there. Yeah. Uh, and then you transition with Serge off the floor. You give Serge a little bit more of a, a, a rest too, so that every time he plays, he has a little bit longer. Because right now, what, what, what happening is you're you're bringing in Mark. You get off slow. You need Serge to pull you back in a little bit. Then Serge gets tired because he's playing like yeah. twelve straight minutes. And we saw this in the Nets series. Like Serge was playing like sometimes like fifteen straight minutes. And so that that tells yeah. you that like the rotation at the center spot is sort of out of whack. That you shouldn't ever have to need one of those guys for fifteen straight minutes. So I think if you can, yeah, and another thing, it's Mark, easier to like control the minutes when you're starting. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Yeah, and also like Marcus saw like he like him and um, Norman Powell. I mean that just works every time. Like he gets yeah. Norman Powell going, you know. So yep, that's true. search starts and then Mark and thinking it going. Um, and then one one other thing I want to ask you, like I noticed. Like, I understand the Raptors' defense is protective pain and, you know, help, help, help. Mm-hmm. But they shredded us in the corner threes, right? Like, it was it was just like they would just get into the paint, bait us, and then boom, corner three, corner three. So, I understand that's our defense, but do you think they need to make an adjustment or you know, to combat that? Because you know, Brad Stevens really exposed us, I think, honestly, last game. I thought so, but then I went back and looked at the film a little bit. First off, the guys that were shooting from the corners, you have a lot of them from Marcus Smart, who, you know, is an okay shooter, but, you know, I don't know if I expect him to hit that many. Uh, There was a lot to Brad Wanamaker, Semi Oljale. Those three guys, I think, um, combined for 10 of the 15 corner three attempts. So, like, part of that is by design that you do want to leave some of these guys, you know, because they're lower priority guys. There's also possessions where like, I saw one where I think, I don't know who it was. Kemba was running a pick and roll with like six seconds left. Raptors had it under control. And all of a sudden yeah. Siakam just wanders over and uh, smart is open again in the corner after he's already been hot. Like that's the stuff that you don't mm-hmm. need. That's the stuff that you don't need. If Marcus yeah. smart is running a pick and roll, you do not need to load up. You don't need to load up. You just don't. All right. He's exactly. not going to score. Yeah. So, like, he's not going to score on his own, but he can pick you apart with his passing. And so, you know, I mean, some of the stuff is regrettable. Like, if they keep a, a good shooter on the strong side, you have Kemba Walker running pick and roll, uh, and, you know, and then, you know, Mark or whoever has to step up and, and Kemba's beating him off the dribble, then you have to send help because otherwise he wants to run for a layup. Yeah. But at the same the time, thing is, there's like, other Marcus situations Mark, where you can do better. If Marcus Smart's going to average 20, yeah, if Marcus Smart is going to average 20, we have no chance. I no, mean, yeah, that's just no. a fact, right? Exactly, like, it's yeah. just, you know. Yeah, so um, uh, what was I gonna say again? Um, yeah, so it's like what I don't think it's about overreacting or anything, but it just seems like it it might be becoming a trend. Like we got destroyed three weeks ago, and then we pretty much got our ass kicked yesterday. It was so, the exact same game. You know, That's the same the game. It was the same game. They lost the yeah. game right off the bat, and then they couldn't catch up. And isn't that what happened on Christmas? Yeah, I didn't watch the Christmas game. I was on no, just yeah. like the Korea. Christmas, I think third quarter, uh, Jalen Brown went off and okay. like just dropped Rondé a couple yeah. times. Yeah, and um, like to, to be fair to the Raptors, though, I think yesterday it was just a lot of bad things, like bad mm-hmm. shooting, bad rotation, like nothing went well. Like it yep. was just nothing went well. So, anyways, yeah, um, I think we're gonna win next game. I'm confident, and uh, you know, I hope you guys have a great week. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. I right, appreciate it. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Um. Let's see if there are any uh, questions in the chat, and we'll uh, do Stanley's suggestions. Oh, um, from uh, Elias B., uh, people mm-hmm. are talking about Marcus Hall like Rafael Arujo. Give me a break. He can still defend elite bigs like Embiid and Vucevic. The problem is Embiid or Vucevic are not playing in this series. Um, Marcus Hall, yeah, has an elite skill set and uh, is definitely a Hall of Fame caliber player. Uh, it's just unfortunate that he doesn't have the ample opportunities to do so uh, in this series. It's, it's, um, it's really a shame to see how far he's fallen off offensively. Like, no one would have ever said this about Mark a couple of years ago. I mean, yeah, he wasn't necessarily the most efficient type of scorer, but such a skilled scorer. Like, the mid-range was just, like, such a like a spot, like a money spot. Maybe, like, the post-ups, like, even still, he could still, like, bash a couple of heads down there and, like, get, get a couple of scores. You know, um, he could – the three was a lot more automatic. It just – I don't know, man. How could his offense drop off this much? It's just – 
it's so strange. And he has zero confidence in it, too. That's just, I don't know, man. He's not Hoffa bad, but, you know. Well, I, I do think that it uh, seems regrettable that he didn't play much during the um, seeding games. I don't uh-huh. think he had the opportunity to get his legs under him the way that I would uh, like. And I think we're, we're seeing the consequences of Marcus Gasol not going into the playoffs warm. He didn't look great throughout the net series. Hasn't started this series uh, strong either. Um, all right, let's, I, we're having a bit of a technical difficulties getting folks on the phone now. Um, let's get questions some more questions. From chat. Uh, our fan base is way too arrogant and cocky sometimes. I kind of like these losses just to bring the fans back to earth. I mean, why? The fans don't get paid millions of dollars to win these games. They can do whatever they want. Um, it, you know, it, it's, I think it is what it is. It's, it reminds me of like, when people get annoyed at announcers for like jinxing the game and stuff like that, just you're just annoyed. And then when you see something, you try to lash against it. Like obviously the fans have nothing to do with what the game is, especially now when they're not even cheering. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, so um, people are just probably annoyed. You probably don't want to hear anything else other than just like being miserable, but like, you know, don't forget, like that's part of why it makes it fun. That that's, you know, try to make every moment fun um, in in life, but especially in sports. (laughs) You know, like, you know, honestly, if you're losing, like, you know, like for the fans, you know, we make jokes, you know, like kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Um, a question from the chat, uh, from Joe, if Boston wins game two, do we still have a chance? Uh, I mean, you watched the Eastern Conference finals last year. Um, of course they have a chance. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they still but have a chance for sure. You don't want to lose game two, but yeah. I don't know. Um, we've, yeah. they've, uh, done a, oh, we have. Uh, Raphael from Brazil, uh, who oh. wants to talk about the Raptors. Uh, always for an international caller. Raphael, Wait, welcome to the show. Is this Hoffa Rujo himself? What's going on, man? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm really from Brazil. My name is Rafael. <laughs> uh, and I'm... Uh, hello, hello, guys. How you doing? Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. Where, where, what's it, where, I wanted to ask where, where are you, you calling about, in from, actually? From Campo Grande, Mato Grosso. It's in the middle of the country. Okay. It's not really known internationally. Oh, okay, cool. And <laughs> but now internet does does those things, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to ask you about. I'm, I I kind of like the old school basketball, and I would like to see the Raptors play with two bigs and try to punch them down low, you know, because they play small ball and, and they are really good at it. But the Raptors are kind of small with Fred and and, and Kyle. So I don't think we, we could win them if we try to play their game, you know, you know what I mean? Mm. Well, I, mean I mean... What do you think about that? I, I wish the Raptors had a little bit better bigs to play a low post game. Like, Mark's not really going to push people around. Serge can do it occasionally, but I feel like if you send a second defender at Serge, I think he gets a little bit flustered. Um, yeah. I guess, you know, the two big lineup did work pretty well, I, I, I think. But I, I think, you know what, you, if you do have two bigs on the floor and you have Pascal on the floor as a small forward, then you can sort of get Pascal an yeah, even yeah, better matchup. I mean. You know what I mean? Because he's now posting up a three and maybe he can get a little bit better matchup there. And maybe you have more offensive rebounding presence. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. Well, I mean, and I would like I don't to see, mind. I'd like to see. I'd like to see you know OG and uh, replacing Kyle or Fred to get a bigger styling lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it would be better for us. And and I think it's a it's a matter of mindset. If if Serge or Mark get in the game knowing that they have to, to get a deep position, a deeper position, and, you know, and they have to try to score. I believe we're going to take advantage of, the, of, the, of our heights because, you know, the, the Celtics are playing really small, and, and yeah. their bigs are not that good. You know? Their bigs are not that good. It's true. No. Defensively, what I mean. No, they really aren't. Well. We saw some of it. I'm sure we'll see more of it in Thanks, game two. Guys. Um, Thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. Peace. All right, William. 
the time for it's time for a uh, segment like no other. Stanley's suggestions. I don't think Stanley's going to make a appearance in this series. Oh so come can, on, man! I mean, fine. yeah, we're going back think? to Stanley. <laughs> uh, I mean, it'd be real. It'd be real, it'd be a, a lot of things would be going bad as Stanley's playing, or maybe exactly. things are going really great, but uh, you know, chances are probably not good. Stanley suggestions. All what right, I'll got? start. All right, for this ahead. week, I would like Stanley uh, Johnson to pick up a book uh, by Isabel Wilkerson, okay. uh, "The Warmth of Other Suns." I'm rereading it now. It's summer. It's not in showing up on camera, uh, but it's a wonderful book about the Great Migration and the movement of African Americans from the Deep South to the uh, West and Northeastern cities of you know Detroit, San Francisco, Chicago, um, etc. Uh, I'm rereading it. I read a bunch a bunch of it years ago, um, but she has a new book around the corner, so I thought I would. Um, brush up on her wonderful writing um, and I encourage it to Stanley Johnson and everyone else. I think there's a good audiobook too, um, but I'm you know, doing it old fashioned. How about you, Will? Um, more of a local recommendation, but uh, you know, Stanley's been playing really well uh, and athletes need fuel to uh, sustain their play. So highly suggest getting some parallel from um, down the road here on Geary. Yeah. Avenue, the most popping pl- spot in Toronto, apparently. Uh, a lot of uh, gentrification going on here in, G- in Geary, but uh, you know, maybe we could use one less uh, auto shop. I don't know, but uh, I, 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 maybe I shouldn't have said that. My bad. But yeah, I mean, Parallel, fantastic spot. And it's just like if you are ever craving hummus, uh, any sort of dish involving hummus, I mean, Parallel is undefeated in the city, man. I know you, you know you're a big, big Pasha fan, but they shout out Fat Pasha. No, I, I'm I'm standing parallel right now. So yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it would be right. difficult to get parallel down to Orlando, but you know, I, maybe you know, I you have your family coming flight. down. Isn't the team how's how is the team chartering families to the city or to Orlando? I think they they flew them already down there in private jets, and then they quarantined okay. just outside in some sort of like hotel, and then they could come in after like seven days, I believe. That's what the process was. Um, yeah. And this does remind me of like anytime. Chinese people travel. We always bring food with us. Like anytime, I like a family relative comes um, back from the, the motherland. Uh, they'll bring like a package of like a Peking duck that's like uh, basically Bowl. vacuum sealed, and it's like packed into like three carry-ons essentially, or like uh, I don't know, man, just some real exotic stuff. Not even necessarily that exotic, I guess, but like you know, there are there's always food. Like maybe some dumplings, maybe some. Uh, which I don't actually know what the equivalent is like. I guess a tamale, a Chinese tamale, mm. like um, with made in like a cornhouse, or I don't know. What it's not with baked. corn, but it's like wrapped in leaves. Um, it has rice, obviously, instead of like a cornmeal kind of thing. Yeah, it has some uh, you know some great uh, dishes. But I mean, we're always exchanging food, so I'm assuming hopefully something's. I don't know. Who do you think Stanley's bringing to the bubble? But there's a lot. I have no clue. Yeah, I, have no <laughs> I don't know anything about Stanley's personal life, but I imagine that there's a lot of Tupperware containers now in people's hotel I hope rooms. So, from man. Their... I hope so. Yeah. You think Mom's Serge cooking. got a? You think Serge got a fresh order from? Uh, what was that spot? I the don't one, remember, the, but the I know spot in, in like Ajax. Yeah. 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 She Probably. had a pop up. She did a pop up stand uh, here in Toronto, like near yeah, Oakwood. Yeah, I remember. The other and, and I, I, I had some, and I told her I was like. Yeah, I, I recognize you from Serge's video. She's like, everyone tells me this. Like, the, the reach of her. that video was crazy. That's amazing. So, exactly. Good for Serge for a shout yeah. The spotlighting a local business, and her food was delicious. So, All right. We'll be back on Friday uh, to discuss, uh, what, game three at that point. Um, hopefully, the Raptors make it a more competitive series. Mm. Um, but uh, until then, it's been good chatting with you, Will, and, uh, and taking calls with the fans. Uh, any last words? Uh, shout out to the sponsor, KFC. Um, and yeah, call us Friday. Well, hopefully it's a happier show. You know, maybe we're up two one. Maybe we're all like, you know, gassed up, and you know, we'll have a regular swagger back. But uh, you know, call us Friday at noon. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 